Welcome to the Fortune Management Practice Mastery Podcast. Each episode, we bring you powerful conversations with thought leaders in the dental, veterinary, optometry, and medical industries. At Fortune Management, we coach doctors and teams to have an extraordinary practice and an extraordinary life. I'm Kim McGuire, host of the Practice Mastery Podcast. We're thrilled to have our friend Fred Joyal on the show today. Fred is the founder of Futurodontics, the parent company of 1-800-DENTIST. He has been a friend of Fortune Management's for many years, and he's very aligned with our philosophies. In this episode, a first in a series of episodes with Fred, we will discuss a comprehensive dental marketing plan and what you need to know to get more of the new patients that you want. Fred has an invaluable must-read book called Everything is Marketing, which we highly, highly recommend. In addition, Fred will be a keynote speaker in the dentistry event of the decade, Sarek 30. If you've not heard about this incredible event, go to sarekonline.com. Fred is releasing his new book, Becoming Remarkable, at the Sarek 30 event. And now, here's our conversation with Fred. Welcome, Fred. Hi, Kim. Thank you for having me on. Yes, absolutely. And Fred, you've been a friend of Fortune Management's for many years. I know you've uh, attended many of our annual meetings where our coaches all get together, and you've even attended a few of our training universities. So you know a lot about Fortune Management. Yes, I do. And you know, and we've done uh, presentations. Bernie Stoltz and I have done presentations to dentists together. We're very aligned in how we see practices uh, succeeding and growing, what that, that philosophy and mindset is to really achieve the greatest results. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we're so excited to have you on this episode. Um, for those of you who don't know who Fred is, uh, are, we may have some listeners who maybe have been living under a rock. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but who don't know who you are. Um, Fred Joyal is the founder of Future Dontics, who is the parent company of 1-800-DENTIST. Many of you have heard of 1-800-DENTIST for many, many years. And I think, Fred, you are an expert on uh, really the consumer or the, the dental patient and really the mindset of the dental patient, which seems to be a mystery for most doctors out there, right? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's it's hard to know a lot of that stuff when you just exist in your own little business. Exactly. Exactly. So we're going to be doing a series with Fred on all the different areas of marketing, really diving into each component and how you can uh, bring that into your practice. Um, but, but today, I think we're going to really do an overview of, of dental marketing. And by the way, uh, I know we have a lot of listeners who might be veterinarians or optometrists or even, you know, MDs doing a lot of elective procedures. I think all of the information that Fred has can apply to you because all these different types of healthcare businesses face a lot of the same challenges, don't they, Fred? It, yes, very much in healthcare and especially elective healthcare. Yes. Uh, there's a parallel across every one of these industries. So I'm going to have a tendency to say dentist or dental practice, but uh, search and, and replace with your business and you'll find most likely it applies. Exactly, exactly. Okay, great. So I also wanted to mention uh, two other resources that you have that I find invaluable. One is uh, your blog called goaskfred.com. Highly recommend if you're not already a subscriber to subscribe to that. And what I think is great, Fred, I mean, you've talked about a variety of different things on that blog, 
but mostly I think you focus on the fact that, you know, dentists go to dental school or doctors go to medical school and they don't learn the business side. So they learn the art and the science, but they don't always learn the business side of things. And so um, I think the Go Ask Fred blog can be a great resource to kind of be looking at that, the business side of your, of your practice. Um, and of course, marketing is one of the main parts of, of running a business. So it's an awesome, awesome blog. I also wanted to mention, uh, Fred, your book, Everything is Marketing. I find it's required reading for all of our fortune management practices across the country. I think we buy it in bulk. It's such a great book. Um, one of the great things I always tell people about this book is that it's divided into three different parts. And the first part really focuses on the mindset that you must adopt if you're going to run a healthcare practice. Um, you want to say anything more about that, Fred? Yeah, it, it's understanding that uh, not only are you in healthcare, uh, you are in the business of healthcare with most of the time a, a lot of elective procedures being the core of your business because uh, people don't have to take care of their teeth. They can sort of let them fall out, whereas a lot of the other medical stuff, they, they'll spend the money and, and time on a lot of times because it's fully insured. Um, and, and that's, you know, the same is true for veterinary. There's a whole range of how much care they can do with their pet, and most of the choices are elective. Um, and so if that's true, then your behavior towards that consumer, that patient, is different than if they're in a fully insured healthcare uh, necessary treatment or emergency treatment environment. And so once you understand that, that you're in that mindset, there's almost, I use the word retail actually to trigger that different thinking that, that it is, there is an on-demand aspect to your business and you have to change your, your marketing, which is very all-consuming in terms of what is involved in effective marketing. It's not just running good ads or something like right. that. Right. There's so many components to marketing, absolutely. Um, and I always say that, well, your book is Everything is Marketing, and I always tell the team members that every person is in the marketing department. And when they really get that, that they're all a part of it, I think things can really change. If a hygienist or a dental assistant or a tech think that they're not part of the marketing department, they think, oh, the new patients will just come in. They've got it all wrong because it's a whole team approach. Yeah. If anybody on the administrative team, whether they're they're manning the phones at the front desk or, or they're in billing or anything like that, there is always going to be a marketing aspect to the job that increases the effectiveness of their role and also the success yeah, of the absolutely. whole business. Absolutely. So, so Fred, what are you seeing these days in terms of just marketing a healthcare practice in general? I, what's happened is that the, the consumer behavior has gone through a radical shift in how they choose their businesses uh, in general and certainly in healthcare as well. I mean, normally they would, word of mouth was always the, the number one or number two way of that people were finding somebody, you know, they were, or they would use the yellow pages or they would use some sort of insurance directory that listed all of the doctors, right. which told them <laughs> right. nothing, by the way, about <laughs> except that somebody might accept their insurance unless they dropped it in between the book being printed and not. But now people in the digital world, they have access to all sorts of resources and they do access them. We're finding that 
the consumer is now checking websites, they're checking social media, and they're checking online review sites. They're checking at least one, many times two, and often three of them as they make their decision to use their business, uh, somebody's business. And it's very easy to do. That's partly why they do it. They can pretty much ask their phone. They don't even have to punch in any numbers at this point. That's how sophisticated that's become. So you have to be tuned into that and very buttoned up on that because you don't know where they're going to come in and you can't say, oh, well, this patient came from my website. They may say they came from your website or that may be the last stop, but they found you on Facebook or they read about uh, 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 you on Yelp and then decided to go look at Facebook and liked what people said there and then they looked at your website and then they called you. So it's a confluence of all of these things working together coupled with that experience of going into your business, going into your practice and seeing how they're treated, how their pets are treated. Uh, You know, uh, that's what they're going to gauge after they do all of this analysis before they go in. Absolutely. So you were talking about consumer behavior just in general has changed. And of course, with healthcare, where do you see the biggest change? I mean, I don't think I even go to a restaurant without looking up, you know, the menu online before I go in or or looking at the pictures. I mean, it's really transformed everything. Yeah. Well, your website has become the the cornerstone of your business. It's it's almost like this gigantic digital business card because so many people can look at it and, and they expect to see all sorts of information and want to analyze what of it is biased and what of it is accurate. But they're gauging all sorts of things about your business because they're doing it with so many businesses. I try to tell uh, healthcare practitioners this is that they're gauging the quality of your care based on the quality of your website. Yes. If you have uh, an old looking website with, you know, I, I one dentist, I couldn't find his phone number on the on the website. And, he, <laughs> and I and he loved and he said, yeah, but it looks so good. No, it doesn't look good at all, first of all. And they expect to find the phone number on the first page or they're going somewhere else. Um, it, but it's a total reflection of the quality of care. And I know many people in this business, in all of these businesses that are misaligned. That they are that that the sign, so to speak, that they're hanging out the in the front of the building is scaring people away. It's, they've created a scarecrow rather than a website at this point. Right. Absolutely. I love it. Um, and, it and that's one of those life is not fair concepts that it's not really fair that the people are ju- judging their clinical skills via their website, but they are, <laughs> you know. Life is not fair in that way. It, just as we talk about at Fortune, you really have to have great clinical skills great business systems, but you also have to have great communication skills. And that's really what we're talking about when it comes to marketing, would you say? Yes, because it, 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 it's much more than writing a good ad or a good brochure uh, or, or just answering the phone a little bit better or saying, I can help you rather than can I help you. Those are important. But, it, but it's really chapter and verse of everything that's being communicated and how it's communicated that's that's a affecting the acceptance of treatment with people. Um, because if, if you don't have that, you can have, you can run a very efficient business. You can have tremendous clinical skills, but they're still not coming because <laughs> they don't get it. 
Right. Oh, they don't appreciate it. They don't value it. You haven't built the value. Communication is the only way you're really going to build the value of what they're getting in their minds. You can't just hope that they, they, they like the diplomas and the training and stuff like that. Absolutely. And real quick, I just want to go back to what you were saying before about how patients might say they saw you on their website, but they really came to your Facebook page. Are you coaching practices to track their new patients in a different way these days? Uh, there's a, there's a, a, a tracking and a, and a coordination on social media that I think is the second aspect. You should always be asking where every new patient came from for two reasons. One, if they came from another patient, you sure as heck want to thank that patient for sending you a patient in, some, in a very specific personal way. But you also want to have some tracking on what promotions and advertising might be working. Um, and so it's not going to be 100% accurate because they are going to come, they're not going to remember how exactly they found you, but you need some data that can give you some, some statistical reference. It's not going to be a one-to-one thing, but you desperately need to run a tracking report that says, oh, 1-800-DENTIST got me this patient, the, my website got me this patient, Yelp got me this patient, whatever, and, and these 20 people recommended our practice. And, you know, this, you, I'm sure you tell this people too, but if word of mouth isn't your number one source of new clients, new patients, that's your problem, <laughs> right? Now, Absolutely. You're not creating an experience that people want to recommend. Absolutely. That internal marketing piece. And I, I've been telling my clients too, you've got to ask those questions because they may say they see your website, but they, their friend Mary could have sent them to you, but they're checking you out online before they come in anyways, you know. And and then and, and, and the second part of it is getting them to recommend you in social media. So that's that's where it propels itself beyond just finding out where they came from. It's it's how they acknowledge you in the digital world. Do they like your Facebook page? Do they recommend you on on uh, your Facebook page? Do they write something there? Do they write a review on Google or Yelp? Uh, do they would they record a video for you to use on all social media and your website? Uh, those those are the things that are stage two now that have become critical as as part of your engagement with how do they come to you and how do they implant their appreciation of you in a in a permanent way in an accessible searchable way. So marketing can be one of these overwhelming. Uh, per the doctors, an overwhelming um, venture in their business. They just want to do their dentistry or do their veterinary medicine. Where would you say they need to start when they're looking at a marketing plan for, say, the next year? Step one is uh, I, I, I look at it from the internal functioning aspect. So step one really would be what is your number one source of new patients if you're tracking that? Is it word of mouth? Okay, that's good. If it's not, then you need to dive deep into the experience of the practice. And some of that is going to be retraining, replacing people, creating that experience because you don't want to push the promotion of your practice. But the next step is, like I said, the website is your cornerstone of your marketing. It is, it's sort of the, the crossroads where everybody is going to end up passing through. And so that has to be extremely clean, informative, modern-looking, highly functional, load-fast, and 
reformat completely on a mobile phone. I can't emphasize that enough is how it plays on a mobile phone is so important because 60% of searches begin on cell phones now. They often go to another device, but they'll start on a phone. And if they don't see, if they see that old shrunken down, can't read the type sort of thing or, or, or blurry or any of that stuff, or they can't access the information easily, they move on. So that's, that's always step one is, uh, is, is how is your website? Then I would, I would, uh, make sure you had a systematic approach to generating reviews and then I would I would make sure you're fully engaged in social media. And and part of it is, as you know, is don't overwhelm yourself trying to do everything all at once. Yeah. You're not going out of business. So do it step by step. Make each of these things a, a part of the fabric of your practice. You you know that if you try 20 initiatives in a practice, six months later, none of them are in place. Whereas if you roll one out every four weeks or six weeks, at the end of the year, you've got six or seven in place and production is up 20%. Absolutely. It's like, don't, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? So <laughs> I want to get back to your, the, what you mentioned about internal marketing and in, or your internal systems. We have a client that says, you know, don't go out and market unless your house is in order. And I think that's really key to make sure you've got all the right key team players, but also that we're yeah, giving that wow experience. What would you say, Fred, are some of the components of giving a wow experience? It, it starts with the phone experience, certainly, that you, you want a really buoyant, happy, friendly voice on that phone. Um, and then you want them to walk into a reception area that feels warm and inviting and relaxing and not clinical or medical feeling if you can avoid that, uh, which you should be able. It's not a big expense. But then, of course, the next step is how does the whole team behave? As you said, if they see part of their job as, as marketing, they have to understand. It's the whole premise of my book is that everything that they see, touch, taste, hear, and smell in a practice increases or decreases acceptance of treatment. Nothing is neutral. So you really go step by step through it. And sometimes it's step by step through the team members. And you can have somebody who's like, she's just a fabulous chairside assistant, but she's doom and gloom about everything and will not recommend treatment to any patients or reinforce any suggestions of the doctors. She's got to go. Yep. Yep, attitude is so very important. Yeah. Clinical skills are great too, but attitude is what takes you to the next level. Um, and, the, and the doctors really have to be, it sounds like they've got to be real clear on their vision of how they want the patient to experience their practice. Yeah, if they're not clear on that, the team doesn't know really what to project. So they, you're, you're absolutely right that it's, it's about that business owner, that practitioner that's saying, this is the experience I want my patients to have. Um, I want them to feel cared for. I want them to feel attended to, listened to. I want them to relax when they're here, feel like they can trust us and what we tell them. And you can create that. But if you're not clear about that, that's what you want, then what they think you want is to make more money. 
<laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and you end up inadvertently reinforcing that because you go, oh, well, in order for you to get the bonus, we have to hit this number. And that's, that's sort of the after effect. It's like we're tr- you do all this stuff right, the bonus comes. The incentives earn themselves automatically because the patients are there more often. They're coming in more often. They're accepting treatment. They're, they're even, even if in a veterinary practice, they're bringing their animals in to get their teeth cleaned every six months because you've emphasized how important it is. Just like with humans, it's important to clean your teeth every six months. And how many practices have an average recall of even nine months with their active patients? Very few. So it's that, that communication at that very basic level of this is, you know, think about this, raise the value and priority of your teeth because it's much more important than most people think. They're, they're expecting you to help them take care of themselves and, and nag them a little bit about what they need to be doing because they don't want to think about it all the time. So if you're just going, oh, well, I'm going to wait till they call me and make their next appointment, they're going to come in every three years. <laughs> right. Exactly. Or, or never come in or, or go see someone else. Right. Or, or, or yeah, just find, meet somebody else who just seems like a, a, you know, a nice outgoing person or, you know, and they, they work at a dental practice and they say, you really should come to our office. I think you really like it. Just come in and take a tour of the place, meet the doctor. We're not going to charge you anything. Just get a feel for the place. This is also my big thing is get them in. <laughs> you know, anybody that if once you've worked out the great experience in the practice, your goal is to get as much traffic through there as possible, even if they're not going to be able to pay for the treatment or they have a different insurance plan or uh, whatever that is. Have them have them covet the experience, even if they can't afford it, because they'll eventually figure out how to afford it or their insurance will change and they'll come to you. So. Once you've got that great experience, invite people in. Don't don't be over screening. There's so many practices. You know, I'm getting a little bit into the minutiae of it, but it's so important not to over screen people because nobody's looking to spend a lot of money anywhere in healthcare. But they they can be persuaded to once they appreciate the value and importance at, to them. Right. And really what you're saying, we always say this all the time, in the absence of value, people shop price. So if they may they may think they're price shoppers, but they come in and see the value of your practice. And by the way, I think you're talking about a variety of different practices from fee for service down all the way to, you know, we're contracted with 25 insurance plans. It doesn't really matter. You get to give the experience that you want for your vision of your practice. You can be running a, a, a primarily state aid dental practice and you make that person feel a little bit less like a third class citizen and they're really going to appreciate it. That's right. Absolutely. I love that. So you get to define your wow experience, really figure out what that system looks like in your practice, and then, of course, start start marketing. Work on that website. Um, what are some of the other components? I mean, I know we'll, we'll probably do a future episode just on websites. But briefly, Fred, what are some of the components that are musts for websites today? Uh, that the, the front page has to be understood as a first-time visit, okay? It's not, they're not going to Amazon where they know where everything is. They don't know where anything is on your website. So you can't jam a bunch of stuff on that first page. It's got to 
it's got to play properly in every browser and they've got to be able to look at it and see certain things in certain places and then know that there's another page that has reviews on it. I, I'm huge on reviews playing inside the website. Now, if you have a, a patient activator or revenue well or demand force, you're gathering reviews automatically from your patients. That with the right website that can load right into a page and give you a steady stream of, of reviews that consumers can read, but also ever-changing content, which is critical for SEO at this point, for the optimization for Google and, and those guys to offer you up in a natural search. So reviews have to get in there and and people will watch videos. There should be a video from the dentist or the, or the dentist or the team, whatever, that, that's introducing the practice in 30 seconds. Why does, she, why does she practice dentistry? What type of practice does she have? And invite the patient to come in. That's, they want to see that person. You don't have to be great on camera. You just have to be your natural self. And that's worth taking the time to shoot. Conversely, shoot videos of patients, patient testimonials that are really simple. You use an iPhone and say, tell us what it's like to be a patient of our practice. And in 30 seconds, they will say amazing stuff that you can put on your website, on Facebook, in your Yelp page, in your Google profile. It's, and, uh, you can tweet about it. I mean, you can have a YouTube channel. The utility of these things blows my mind and how, how many people access those because they're five times more likely to watch a video than to read any long content in a website. So that's essential in a website. And also the website has to be dynamic. In other words, you need to be able to change the content yourself. You don't, every time you want to add an image or add something or change the, the, the verbiage on the, on the page, you can't have to call your webmaster anymore and get him to write new code and stuff. That's, first of all, it's a waste that it's expensive and it's way too slow and you won't do it. You want to be able to change your content every day if you feel like it. Here's a new before and after picture or, or, or a new video that we've got up. Or as I said, automatically reviews going up. That's what a dynamic website is. And it's all, think of it almost like a Facebook page in that you can add stuff whenever you feel like it. And there's no cost to it. And it's getting you that freshness that Google wants and the consumer wants. So those are the, the, the basic things. You know, there's a couple of little things like if you've got flash animation, you're, you're dead meat, basically, because it doesn't play on iPhones or iPads, and you've got to download an app to play it on a Mac. So 50% of the devices, it, the, the, your website isn't even playing on. Um, and so, you know, and it's just one of those crazy things that, you know, Steve Jobs decided to kill Flash before he died, you know, and he said, so I'm not going to let that animation play. And I know uh, on my devices, and I know dentists whose entire website is built in Flash. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, and they don't know it. And you look out on, a, on, a, on uh, an iPhone, and it's just a big F. That's all it's, it's, it's the, which stands for fail, but basically it's basically it says we don't play Flash. Yes. Um, yes. So, you know, websites are a, a moving target. You're not ever really done, and that's why you want one that you can change yourself because it isn't 
a brochure that you print and now you've got a stack of them for the next five years. It doesn't work that way. Right. That's the beauty of it. And I think also I always tell people if you can, you know, work on a Word document on your computer, you can change your website. It's very easy these days. And the other thing that you mentioned that I love, I think a lot of doctors don't realize is those reviews can automatically get uploaded onto your website from Patient Activator, Demand Force, or Smile Reminder, whatever they are. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. So it's so excellent. Um, And then, yeah, the videos, the patient testimonials, it's the easiest thing to do. I know you've said that before. You can use an iPhone and get a patient testimonial. It doesn't have to be high tech. I think doctors think that they have to have, you know, a studio environment to to film these testimonials and you really don't. So that's great. It's, it, it's really the opposite, Kim. It's, uh, you know, it's a great point to bring up because the higher the production value, the less credible it is. Yes. Because they go, oh, well, this was produced. You sat them in, you did several takes. You want a simple one take, little bit shaky cam, handheld sort of experience where the person just speaks from the heart. And once you do it, you've, you've done this, and I know you've got your clients to do this, they are astounded at what people say. Yes. And how it's, and it's so much more credible and so much more potent than if you, if you invited people in and had a big dinner and videoed them and had makeup and all that stuff. And here's the other hidden bonus. You show these things in a, in a morning huddle. And everybody's jazzed for the whole day because you remember why you do this when you watch these videos. You remember how much people appreciate the care that you offer. When the whole team can watch that video, it's inspiring. I love it. I love it. That's a great idea. I'm going to suggest that to some of my clients. Um, let's talk a little bit, Fred, about social media. What are you seeing in social media as far as healthcare practices today? It, it's very hard to... to call it a, a, a source of new patients yet, but it's what it is, is it's a component of their research that you have to make available to them. You may be able to attract some patients and you may be able to advertise on social media and, and attract some patients, but it's mostly a place where they can get a sense of what it's like to be a patient of yours. And that's, that's how you control your Facebook content specifically is it's not clinical stuff. It's for the experience. What's it like to be a patient of ours? That's what you want to show. And what what's the spirit of the practice? Do you have Halloween parties? Do you participate in, in local benefits in, in the area or local events in the area? Um, do your patients want to put their pictures up and comment on being in the office that day? That's what people are going to read about and go, wow, this feels like a great practice. They can't judge your clinical skills, but they can judge with all of these tools what it feels like to be in your practice. And that's what Facebook is getting across. And it's powerful for that standpoint. It's not, it's not necessarily a standalone source of, of new patients, uh, but it, it, all of these, that's why I talked about how people are checking everything is almost nothing is standalone anymore. Um, is they, they're, they're leaning on several things as they move through the Internet and make their choices, whereas it used to be much more trouble. You know, when we first started 1-800-DENTIST, they loved us because we had more information than anybody else about that dentist. And we had people who had gone to the practice, who recommended the practice back to us. 
And so the, more of that information is still available. But you know, it was much harder then than it is now to find out what it feels like to be a patient. And also, if you're not, if you're not giving a great experience, they're going to out you. That's going to find its way onto the Internet fairly quickly. Um, and, you know, on Yelp sites, on your Facebook page, on, and, and, and so it becomes much more critical. And, and a lot of that's not in your control. You know, Facebook, you can delete anything that's posted, which is important to remember. But, hey, as we all know, Yelp reviews, they, they live on like vampires, you know. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I, I love the spirit of the practice that Facebook is. I always say it's basically your community of your practice online. It's your online community. And people... Uh, like attracts like. So if you like dogs, they might like dogs. You know, if you like going hiking, you know, they, your patients might like that or your potential patients. So I think that's that's great. Yeah. I, you know, I know a practice in the Midwest and of, of course, it, and this makes a lot of sense in the Bible Belt is they, they really emphasize their Christian approach to their practice. That's very important to them as people, uh, you know, and and so they put that out there. It's, it's always important to remember that you don't need everybody to love you as, as, a, as a customer or as a patient or as a client. You're, you, you need a thousand good patients, 1,200 patients, and you've got a tremendous practice. I said this to a dentist once and he goes, I got 700 great patients and I have a fantastic life. You know, so it's, you don't need to make everybody happy. And chasing everybody is actually uh, very expensive and risky marketing. You know, cater to your niche. You know, have a, have a service dog that comes into the office. And some people won't like it, but an amazing number of people will. You know, it's all, it's know that you can create your own brand, your own experience. It doesn't have to be a generic, fabulous dental practice experience. There are many different experiences, but has to be very positive, has to, has to create trust in some group of people, no matter what. Absolutely. I think it always goes back to what's your vision? You know, who do you want to attract into your practice? And again, like you just said, you're not going to be everyone's dentist or everyone's veterinarian. So you get to choose who your your practice is going to going to serve. I love it. So what in social media there are a couple of different websites. What do you think the most important websites are today as far as social media goes? I you know, the the amount of time people spend on Facebook relative to everything else is so much higher. It's like a three to one ratio. If you look at uh, where people go, right. um, they and and I think it's also the best place to display the look and feel of the patient experience. Uh, Twitter is a lot harder to do that. It's a great way of notifying people, but you've got to accumulate Twitter followers and also understand that that Twitter's more searchable, but most people just look at the feed as it flows. So it's a it's a very fleeting thing. I, I, I wouldn't put anywhere, I actually tell people not to bother with Twitter at all. Just claim your name there and occasionally post some, you know, if you write a blog, mention that you that you're on that on Twitter that you write that. But I, I don't see it as a primary source. Now you can focus on anything. You could put a ton of energy in, into LinkedIn or Pinterest. Um, or Instagram and and have some results if you want to put a lot of energy in it. But I like to aim for the center of the target. Um, and to me, that center is Facebook. <laughs> okay, great. Let's talk a little bit about Google+. Plus. Do you still see that as a player in this? <laughs> um, 
it's a it's a a very specific niche, and I think the part of why you do Google Plus and, and mirror a lot of your Facebook activity on Google Plus is because Google indexes the heck out of it. It looks at it all. Uh, it looks at Google Plus information a lot, and it and it that jacks up your SEO and your natural search. Uh, so from that standpoint, it's important. I don't see Google Plus ever finding a way to become Facebook too. Um, it caters to, uh, it's, it's got a, a much more male audience, a much more business oriented uh, messaging um, and a lot more engineers on there. Uh, and and I, it's, it, it's very hard for it to create that personal feel that face, Facebook just keeps getting more traction and, and more activity. It's what's going to happen is it's going to be the the smaller niche social media that that peel off stuff from Facebook, um, and people will some people will stop going there. Uh, but I don't see Google Plus as anything other than uh, an SEO boost as its primary function. Right, and a great place obviously for patients to write reviews because, as you said, Google really likes Google Plus. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. So pointing people in that direction and asking for reviews. Are you coaching practices on asking consistently for reviews? And how do you do that? Yeah. And, and you know, one of the other things, if I were to, you know, I consider YouTube a social media medium uh, as, as not just a video channel. And I think you need a YouTube channel. Your YouTube gets much more action than uh, than Twitter and Facebook, particularly, I mean, Twitter and, and Instagram and stuff like that, just because people spend time watching the video. And you can get a lot of traction with a YouTube channel because you're using your videos in, in multiple ways. But you everybody should have a, a YouTube channel that they're fairly active loading stuff up. And by active, I mean every week or two, something goes up. It's usually a patient video. But it can occasionally be the doctor explaining something, a new procedure or something like that. But a YouTube channel's uh, important. And uh, but in terms of online reviews, these are these have become critical because people are checking them almost by reflex at this point. Um, they and they're learning. They become much more discerning about how to read those things because they know that Yelp is gaming the system a little bit, biasing it towards people who pay them. But um, you need a, a steady stream of online reviews because there's a freshness dating to the whole process as well. If they go onto your Yelp page and they see two or three positive reviews from 2011 and that's it, they don't consider that relevant. Because they're used to looking at businesses like restaurants and going, well, I want to know what people thought last week mm -hmm. about this restaurant, not last year. And so their mindset is tell me what people are feeling now about this business. And so you have to have a systematic approach. This, and, and social media has to be somebody's job in the office, 15, 20 minutes a day. But they, it's a systematic approach to requesting reviews, primarily by email for Yelp and for Google. Because the, the only way to really get it done, and of course the easiest way to get it done, is to email the patient and say, we would love it if you, if you wrote a, a Yelp review of our practice, just click here and it sends them straight into your Yelp profile so that they can write it. You want to make it easy for them to do stuff and the more people will do it. You don't need 
40 people to do it a week. If one person does it a week, that's huge. That's 50 in a year. That's an enormous number of good reviews. And if 25 are on Google and 25 are on Yelp, that's fabulous. But it has to be systematic and it really has to be done through email. If you ask them in the office, there's a chance they're going to do it on a device that's going to get blocked by Google. Uh, if it all comes from the same, you know, getting technical, it comes from the same IP address. Google's going to delete all of them. So you can't have them do it on an iPad in your office. Or if they use your office Wi-Fi to write it on their own phone, it gets deleted too. Right. So I, I, I love the process. And if you've got Patient Activator or Revenuel or Demand Force, you can create, a, 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 there's, there's templates built in where you can send these on a regular basis to 10, 20 patients a week and, and have them responding on, a, on an ongoing basis. You don't want to do it in a big batch. This is important to remember if you're going to email people, you don't email your whole patient base in, in one shot and ask them to write reviews because now you've got 40 reviews written in the same day. Um, and so that people are biased about that. They, they misjudge it. And it's, you know, there's a, this is a whole discussion on online reviews and how to deal with them, but the, and especially the negative ones, but the number one strategy is to have seven positive reviews for every negative review because you can't control or delete the negative stuff. So you got to just overwhelm it with positive. Absolutely. And it sounds like what you're saying is it basically has to be an organic approach. It has to be authentic. We can't just be buying reviews. If that one person who's sort of the social media maven in the practice is sending out, you know, 10 or 15 emails a week to the patients that they know had a great experience that week, that's the best way. And again, I love that link. So they don't even have to think about it. They just click on it and, and go for it. Yeah. And, and with, with Google reviews, only people with Gmail addresses can write them. So that makes it easy to narrow who you're sending what to. You send uh, the Google request to anybody with a Gmail address and a Yelp request to everybody else. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. So, Fred, what are you seeing as the future in healthcare marketing? Let's look into the, our crystal ball and see what do we see in the future. I think it's going to be a very comprehensive approach. I think you're going to find that people are so inundated with information that if you're not focused on five of these things, if, you're, if your patient experience isn't great, it's not going to generate the word of mouth you need. And if your website isn't great and your social media isn't there and your convenience, convenience is a huge marketing aspect. You know, we haven't touched on it at all, but if you're inconvenient in this day and age, you're, you're asking for diminished returns um, because everybody else is really convenient and, and other services. And I don't just mean when you're open, but how can they communicate with you? How convenient is that? Because, you know, you know, we're not far away from being able to make appointments with dental practices on our phones. It's, it's not happening now, but it's coming. And so, you have, to, you have to work the whole span of social media and reviews and websites and experience and communication. And then there will be, it's still a matter of experimenting because you may find direct mail still works great in your area. And so you have to, you got to throw some money at some stuff, 
say I'm going to spend five grand to find out if this works in my area and do it like gambling, like you made a bet that you assumed you lost. You bought 5,000 lottery tickets. That's the way you got to look at it. And if it pays off, great. But you're, it's a learning experience. You're paying to find out what your neighborhood responds to. I've seen practices, I've run into dentists who say, oh, you know, our number one source of new patients is Valpac. And my jaw drops to the floor. It's like, <laughs> really? And they go, yeah, for some reason, people in our area, just they all open it and they love it and they come in. Not all of them, but, you know, that's our, our number one source. And so you never know. Some people, it's going to be 1-800-DENTIST, but that's, you know, that's only 5% of the dentists in the country that are even accommodated by a service like that. So, and you may find your local newspaper still works. What you're going to find is not working, probably the yellow pages at this point. <laughs> right. but, but you're going to be able to spend money maybe on Google buying AdWords. Uh, maybe advertising on Yelp might work for you. This, you got to, you got to. Test some things, and if you're tracking, you'll find out, oh, in three months, this actually did something. And you're going to track it to production because one of the big problems with digital marketing, and we, we are funny that you mentioned this specific thing about tracking is, and Facebook is, we do a certain amount of promotion for Futuronics on Facebook and get a ton of response, but the percentage that turns into real business is radically smaller than it would be if I did a webinar or, or if we were at a trade show or if I did an email campaign. So you have to track it all the way down to not just how many people clicked, but what did it turn into into real production? It was like when people did Groupon years ago. It's like, I got 120 patients out of it. Really? How many do you still have? Well, I got two. But, you know, but, but we were overwhelmed with people for, for two weeks looking for. And, and, of course, you made nothing on the whole transaction except your staff went crazy, basically. Right. Uh, and people were asking for the, you know, you're doing x-rays for 20 bucks and then they're asking for the x-rays to bring back to their own dentist. <laughs> so, you know, it's the tracking is about um, what you actually produced, what turned into real long-term patients, because it's not about what you do in the first visit. That's not how dentists make their money. It's not how vets or, or uh, you know, anybody in eye care makes their money. It's what's the long-term relationship about. Absolutely. That long-term value of that, of that patient or that client. So obviously it's a multi-pronged approach, and I think it always goes back to your vision and internally how you're creating that wow experience. We're hearing from so many, or when I'm at a trade show or at a public event hearing from doctors that the economy or the corporate dentistry, you know, they're just kind of complaining about different areas. And what do you, what do you say to those folks? Uh, I say you make your own economy because that's the reality. You can't control unemployment. You can't control who wins or the political uh, campaigns. You can't control the interest rates. You can't control the European stock market. You can't find that Malaysian airplane. You can't do <laughs> any of that stuff. What right. you can do is make your business work and adapt as the marketplace changes. If you're in a practice area for 30 years, your demographics are going to shift in one direction or another. And you have to be tuned into that. You may eventually have to move if you, you know if you get misaligned with who lives in that neighborhood now. So all and so you may need to start. You know, ten years ago everybody was dumping their insurance plans. Now everybody's asking you which plan should I take? Right. Right. 
Absolutely. Because the consumer's behavior has changed radically since 2008, where they won't go out of network anywhere near as much as they used to. And so you're, you've got to grow and adapt uh, with, your, with the changing economics, whether you like it or, you know, the worst dentist scenario is the one who's waiting for 2002 to come back. <laughs> right. Because it's not coming. And it's and every year he makes less towards his retirement and his patient base erodes and erodes and erodes. And it does it reaches a tipping point where all of a sudden you're not covering your overhead. Right. And that's that's a that's a game change in, in dentistry. You know, you, you you're suddenly you're there and you realize that you, you can barely keep the lights on because you've your patient base and your production has dwindled to such a degree. Um and, and so it's about your adaptability. And, and that's why I, I never, I've never talked to a practice that I don't say, who's your coach? You know, who, who is helping you with this? Because you're in this little building doing your stuff. Somebody has to come in from the outside, take a look at it and say, do you know about this? Can you fix this? Do you have this system yet? And show you what the best systems and approaches are and help you to make business decisions because they're not teaching it in dental school. And most dentists' instincts for business are, you know, 50% wrong, like any of us would be without a resource. Right. Absolutely. And one of the things we haven't even really mentioned on this show is leadership. This is really a leadership conversation, Uh, knowing your vision and communicating that to your team and having them help execute it. That's true leadership right there. Um, and so that's really what we're talking about. I love it. Yes, and a coach can see things in a in a doctor that they can't sometimes see in themselves. So, well, Fred, I'd love for our listeners to know a little bit more about you. I always ask our guests um, a little bit about who inspires you. Like, what kind of books do you like to read? What have you read lately that's been real impactful? Uh, you know, I'm a I'm becoming more and more a fan of of Tony Robbins. Uh, the more I hear him. And, and I'm one of those people that had that um, misguided uh, avoidance of Tony for too many years. Um, I misunderstood who he was and what his message was. And now that I listen to it, I go, well, isn't this fabulous? I've, I've had to figure half of this stuff out myself, or he could have told me 20 years ago. <laughs> right. you know, it's, uh, it's, they're, they're just tremendous insights into uh, business and human interaction and, and personal growth. So uh, that's become uh, the mainstay, actually, of, of my own personal growth right now. Another terrific book that I just read is called Start With Why. Oh, yeah. By Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. Just fantastic. Just the, the new wave of business thinking that, that helps you to, to cultivate the, the leadership in yourself that you need, but also an effective way of getting it out to your team and then eventually to your customer, your patient base, so that they, they know why you're there. Um, and it's statistically, it's backed up by the results when people do know why they're really doing it. Because the, most people aren't doing stuff for money, and most people don't want to come to you because you do it for money. Right. So you got to be very clear on the why of your business. And he it, it, it just does a tremendous job. Uh, 
Simon Sinek, and his his second book uh, is called Leaders Eat Last, which I also found to be tremendous. So uh, that's where I'm I'm diving in deep right now into those areas, um, and also trying to come up with a new blog every week or two. <laughs> right, absolutely. And I know Simon Sinek's uh, TED Talk is one of the most watched, I think, in the world. So it's it's amazing. Yes. It's the fourth most watched TED Talk, something like 20-something million views. Awesome. Yeah. So, well, Fred, what's, what's your why? What's your why there at Futuredonics? What do you guys focus on? You know, on? The, the, the why of our business, and, and, you know, it took a long time to, to learn to narrow focus, is our, we're here to fill our clients' schedules. That's Because that's the, the pain point for our clients that we think we can solve best. And so every product we develop, whether it's 1-800-DENTIST or a website with WebDirector or Patient Activator or uh, even Reputation Monitor or, or uh, we have Reactivation Pro, which is reactivating dormant patients, it's about filling that schedule. And, and because we want great dentists to, to capitalize on every hour of their week because if you lose an hour – you never get it back in the practice. And, and so our goal and any product we do develop is about putting somebody in a chair. Um, and if it doesn't do that, we don't consider it anymore. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't come on to the, the planning board. Uh, we, we stick to the stuff that is going to fill our, our client schedules. And, and the, the why for me is I want people to be better. I want their, their lives to be better. I want their businesses to be better. I want them to enjoy their day more. So anything I can contribute to that, any insight that I have that I can pass on, that gives me gratification. I don't have to make money from that exchange. If, if, if somebody at the back of the room comes up to me at the end of my lecture and goes, I get it now. Mm. I'm in retail health care. I've been trying to understand this for 10 years, and now I finally get it. Thank you. That's all I need. Right. Love because it. Because I know that she's going to go go back to her office and treat more people and, and make them healthier because she gets how she can help them. Exactly. Communicate with them. Exactly. We're so aligned in that way. I know our efforts as coaches at Fortune, we eventually affects the patients getting the care that they need or the clients or the doggies or the kitties or whomever it might be. So that's awesome. I love that why, Fred. Great. Thanks. Awesome. Well, you just listed a a bunch of different uh, areas of your business. How can our listeners learn more about you and your suite of products? Uh, The simplest way is to go to futuredontics.com. And it's spelled like orthodontics with future instead. Um, or just go to goaskfred.com um, and, you, and you can, there'll be buttons you can click to learn about any of the products. There's videos there as well. There's white papers. There's like 120 blogs on every different topic. Um, it's also a good place to buy my book um, if you haven't read it or you want the whole team to read it and you, so you want to buy five or six copies. There's a, a book page where you can buy them. And if you use Fortune as the discount code, uh, the books are only $10 shipped. And there is an audio version for the people who don't read or spend a lot of time in their cars. That's only $20 shipped if you use the Fortune discount code. So that's that's the place to buy it. Don't go to Amazon. It takes like two weeks to get it. And it's 
$29 plus shipping. So go to Go Ask Fred. It comes much faster and it's much cheaper if you use the Fortune discount. All right. Thank you. Yes, using that Fortune code gets you that discount. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Fred. And I look forward to finishing out this series, uh, providing a lot more great information for our listeners on marketing. We can dive down deep into some of these other areas. Um, Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Kim. And uh, may everyone enjoy the year and thrive. All right. Take care. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Practice Mastery Podcast. For more information on Fortune Management and to find an event in your area, please visit fortunemgmt.com. 